Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, recording on the day of a snowed out cold match in Burnley. So, Steve, how are you doing, sir? Oh, not too bad. You know, I was kind of going into this game, well, lack thereof, expecting, you know, Spurs are going to find a way to make my weekend miserable. And without even playing, they managed to do that, you know, to, through no fault of their own. But still, it's like, you know, all excited. You know, my son's been, uh, you know, whining and screaming all morning. I'm like, all right, you know, nine o'clock's almost here. I'm finally going to get to watch some Spurs. It's going to be a nice two hours and then the game gets postponed. So I just had to deal with that, you know, the crying. So thanks, soccer gods. You ruined my weekend anyway. Hey, the, the good news is we didn't drop any points today, though, and we have now have the proverbial game in hand, right, Steve? You know, that always that always comes out in, in, the, in the future. Um, I did want to ask you, this past week, you were looking forward to possibly being able to work without babysitting your child due to COVID dynamics. Uh, did that week play out the way you, you hope so? It, it did. It did. Yep. We got his negative test result late. Um last Sunday and I just kicked him off to daycare Monday. It's nice. Granted, it was, of course, you know, Thanksgiving week. So I still had to deal with him Thursday, Friday, but you know, just having three days of, I, I can't even call it a break, right? Cause I'm still working, but it was still, it was a reprieve. <laughs> I'll give it that. It was a reprieve. Reprieves are good, especially when they come at the right time. So there you go. How about you, Mike? How are you doing, sir? Doing okay. Um, you know, had a, um wow uh sorry also watching the uh the green bay packers game and uh awesome catch was just made so um so i had a great i had a great uh great weekend uh this is the weekend where i get to um we have we have uh, our thanksgiving and we do our family stuff and then uh i go home on thanksgiving evening and then i have the entire weekend to myself um, you know, things happen, family dynamics and stuff. And, uh, and, you know, um, I can say that the meal was awesome as usual. Um, all the, all the, all the, uh, standbys, you know, uh, the, all the stuff that we, uh, that we expect every single time. And, and it was great. Um, so, uh, I got home and got to do a lot of stuff, um, without children around, uh, without, um, without wife around, not that that's, you know, it's just my one weekend a year where it's just me for three days, you know, just quiet and me. And, uh, I got to spend some time at Goodwater, uh, had dinner, braved the snow on the way home. <laughs> and then, uh, yesterday sat and watched college football all day long because, Thanksgiving weekend is traditionally uh, is traditionally your big rivalry weekend, so it was a uh, it was a great weekend. Um, how about you, David? You know the uh, we had the typical family, so we have a probably many families have this tradition. Day after Thanksgiving, we go cut down a Christmas tree, do all that decoration stuff, etc. Um, my my oldest son was home from college, so we were taking advantage of of all that, which was a lot of fun. But as you guys know, uh, in the neck of the woods where we live, yeah, they got a little bit of snow in Burnley today, but 
at my place, we got about a foot of snow on Friday and um, uh, woke up Saturday morning just going, holy cow. And you guys don't know this, but I used to have a, a motorcycle that I rode and enjoyed riding a great deal, but I realized I wasn't riding it enough to justify keeping it. So I, I sold my motorcycle and bought a, uh, a plow blade to go on the front of the, uh, the little four-wheeler that we have. So this time of year, when there's a foot of snow in the driveway, I get to have fun. Like I get to, I get to fire up the old four-wheeler and start moving snow around like I know what I do and or know what I'm doing. Uh, by March, I'm sick and tired of it and, and want to put it away, but... I got to have some uh, some snow fun this weekend. So this is this awesome. is the this is the exact reason that I have to try and convince Amy to allow me to get a side by side. But it's, I still I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. It's not just for family fun, you know, riding on tra trails in the woods. It's also for uh, it's also it's utilitarian. You know, a very practical <laughs> aspect. We Mike got a Honda got a Honda side by side, and I love that thing. If you need me to talk to your wife about it, I could. Uh, I could sing the praises. I got you covered. No sweat. Wonderful. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Let's talk. What do we talk about? No match today. Nothing Nothing to do. Steve, why don't you get us kick-started with uh, the Thanksgiving thing that happened? Yasko. Uh, yeah. Just, we're not talking about food or turkey, but there, there were some turkeys out there. Talk to us about it. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something that I've obviously had a few days to digest now. Huh? Thanksgiving digest. Glad I worked that in there. Well played, Steve. Impressive. Uh, <laughs> oh, that had to happen, didn't it? <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself. It just, you're, it just. You're such a turkey, Steve. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, anyway, back back on my my train of thought. Um, so so the one thing you know, I when that lineup was posted, I think deep down in all of our hearts, we kind of knew what was going to happen, right? It wasn't exactly the A team that was out there. Um, you know, you kind of hoped that, you know, maybe Conte's methodology would have, uh, you know, gotten us a different result. It's not the case. Um, and there's one thing that Conte said that, that really stuck with me several days after. And it was... I don't remember the quote, you know, offhand, but it was something along the lines of, you know, having all the determination and passion in the world doesn't make up for not having enough talent to perform when you need to. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me because oftentimes in the past when we've had a piss poor result like that, we've always been, you know, all over these players for their lack of motivation, their lack of effort. The more I think about it, there were players out there who weren't honestly trying, you know, they, they weren't just walking around doing the deli, uh, you know, just being lazy on the field. Uh, I, I'm thinking mostly of, uh, of Darty. He was trying, you know, he was hustling, he was running up and down, but he's just not good enough. Like the, end of story. It's, it's great that you tried to do everything that Conte wanted from you. And it's great that you, you put some effort in, but at the end of the day, you're just not good enough. And, and, you know, for a lot of these players that saw the field on Thursday, I, I think that's the case at this point, you know, if Spurs are going to advance into, you know, being back to perennial top six, top four team, you need to dump a lot of this dead weight. They're just not, and you know, I, I, a part of this is going to be on Le, uh, Daniel Levy too, right? Like, 
you're going to take a loss on some of these guys. It's just going to happen, you know, swallow your pride and do it. Cause we need those spots freed up for, for, for talent, you know, talent and motivation. Um, you, you can't win the league on good intentions. You can't win a cup on good intentions. You actually have to have the skill to back it up. Um, that said, I thought Delhi was still terrible and didn't even really try that much. So I'm just completely over him at this point. You know, Steve, you, you, first of all, you can't win the league on good intentions. I do like that statement. Um, Doherty, here's, here's the thought I had about Doherty, and, and I'm just, tell me if this makes sense. He looks on that pitch with professional players. He looks like if you took me and put me in a right back with like a group of high caliber college soccer players, right? Like the, yeah. the, the void between my skill, ability, wherewithal and fitness levels and a bunch of, you know, elite college athletes would be so preposterously huge that it would be embarrassing. And like Matt Doherty looks like a 45 year old dude out there running around on, on the pitch um, with occasionally a move that looks like a soccer move, but, but he's, he's just, he's flawed. He's really, really flawed. It makes me wonder what the hell we were thinking when the, uh, when we signed him on a year, year and a half ago, what's it been? Yeah, no kidding. I, I, it's gotta be, you know, just to have somebody else that meets some kind of obscure, like you need to have X number of English players and, you know, it doesn't technically count because he's Irish. So I, I don't know. It's, it's bonkers to me. I, I didn't, I, I guess when he first came on board, I could see the thought process, you know, he was coming off a really good season but it quickly became clear that he wasn't good enough. And every single time he steps foot on there, I, it's almost like we're playing down a man. And frankly, after Sessegnon got sent off, we, we were playing down two at that point. Down two, absolutely. Mike, how about you? What, what, what are your thoughts? No, I, 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 we, we, can, we can talk about Dory. Um, <clears throat> I can well, tell you exactly for what. Let's do that, Mike. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, uh, so I can tell you exactly what they were thinking, and Steve kind of just said it is like he had a really good season. He had like what twelve goals or something ridiculous, and they probably said, "Oh wow, look at that. Uh, we need a right back. <laughs> uh, this guy scores goals, and he's a right back. Except, yeah, he doesn't play in the same type of system. It's like." You know, Jose Mourinho did didn't did he have the? I, I don't understand if he had any say in that move or anything. Um, when it happened, um, I, I just I I never quite understood it. Uh, he's slow. He kind of plays flat footed. Um, at some at times he looks confused. Um. But, you know, I mean, we, we could talk about how shitty he is all day long. The, the fact of the matter is um, he's not going to find himself in the team. And I think, you know, Conte, I don't I don't know that he actually cares about this about this tournament. Um, I mean, maybe he does, but there's an opening in, in the top four um, for one squad. And that's that's where we want to be. So I, I don't, I don't know that we need to harp on Doherty. We don't need to harp on uh, Dave Sanchez, who definitely did not have a great game. Um, Delhi Delhi's given up. I think he's going to be gone. So, I mean, whatever. Um, 
I, you know, I kind of watched Conte's press conference. It was hard to watch the game because of, uh, you know, the family dynamic that was happening at the time we were, there were so many people in my parents' house and I was just trying to stay away from everybody by sitting as deep into the living room as possible. The TV is like all the way across the room. I go and for I, it. And I, and I specifically was like, Hey dad, I'm going to put Paramount plus on your TV for you. <laughs> <laughs> you get to watch all these cool shows just so I could watch that one game. Um, so you know, it was it was hard to watch the game, but after the game, Conte did say he said, and this is his quote: "I must be honest and tell you that after three and a half weeks, I'm starting to understand the situation. I can tell you the situation is not simple. It is not simple because in this moment, because for sure the level of Tottenham is not so high. That tells me that he came in." thinking one thing and then sees another and said, Oh shit, what have I gotten myself into? Same thing happened at Chelsea too. Right. With him. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say that he can't win with these players. He, he, this is, he's the type of guy who can win with these players, but um, and I don't know that we need to go out and, and spend a shitload of money just to just to say, hey, we're we're trying to make moves. But there are certain guys who who just need to at this point be gone from the club. Uh, we need to cut ties, like Steve said. Like we're gonna have to take a lot of these guys at a loss, and um, everybody knows who these players are that we need to get rid of. Who are they, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you right now that I think, honestly, um, who's safe right now? Uh, Hugo. Um, Sergio, I think, is safe. Romero, safe. Royal, Royal, uh, Royal with cheese. Um, <laughs> I think that... Um, Hoyberg is probably safe. Sonny, Kane. Kane is a, is, is a certain situation where you have to kind of, you have to convince him to stay. And I don't know if this is happening right now. Um, so, I mean, there are guys that, that are safe and there are guys you need to give a chance to, right? But then there are guys that you need to sell and you need to sell them immediately. Um Deli Alley is one of them. Um, I think that Ben Davis, you have to sell. I know that he's playing well, but he's just not good enough. Um, you, you might actually have to be selling in Dombele. And, and that's, that's hard for me to say. Um, Steven Bergwijn, if he can't get his, his injuries and his lack of fitness under control, you need to sell them, but there, there are guys who, who deserve this, the chance to prove themselves. Um, and a guy that we haven't heard from yet, who is continually, continually sniffing around the, the first team is Jack Clark. You know, he's there, he's training with the team. Um, why not give him a shot at it? Right. 
what, what the hell do you have to lose? At least get him into some of these European matches. You know, you, um, I don't know. Joe Roden needs, needs another run out too. I mean, um, but I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think we need to do? Like, what are, who are the guys you need to cut ties with? I think Winksy gets another chance in this club just because of the fact that he's, he's actually fit in. And I, and he, I think he would have been um, an amazing presence on the field. Actually, he, he holds the midfield. Well, uh, he passes well, uh, but you know, side to side and backwards, but I mean, we know that that's the way Conte kind of plays. You have to play it backwards to play it forward through Conte's uh, system. And, and, and he plays through the middle and Harry Winks has the ability to pass through the middle. We, we've seen it in him before. It's just that, you know, he hasn't proven himself to be a good footballer recently. I don't know. You know, Mike, Maybe I think I'm just the... talking out of my ass. I don't know who, ah. I mean, I, what, yeah, I am talking out of my ass, but I mean, <laughs> I think um, I think who and how we we shuffle players off depends on the sequence that it plays out, right? So you know there are some guys that I think come before others. If if you ask me, and I'm just kind of working from the back, I I think Sanchez has to go. Um, I agree with you on on Ben Davis. Like he's he's been functional, but probably the best move for everyone is to find another place for for him to play and and figure out um, somebody else to to spell that side. I think Ndombele and Lacelso both need to go. The inconsistency of both of them is just at the point that it's driving me nuts. Um, and it seems like four managers in a row have struggled with Ndombele, unfortunately. And Lacelso, you said something about um, Bergwijn and and his injury history. Lacelso is injured all the time, and when he does come on, um, there are either like moments of brilliance or gaffes. And you're a professional, you're a professional footballer, like. There's not room for those. I know they say he's the best midfielder in Argentina, but he doesn't play in Argentina, right? He, well, that's where he does play and that's where he does get injured, but he, he certainly doesn't, he certainly doesn't do that for Spurs, you know, moving up. I, I think skip um, sticks around. I think, I think winks, as you said, has a spot in, in the team. I actually think Hoybier might be a little bit vulnerable, you know, as we move forward, it might not be immediately, but, but he could be vulnerable down the road. He was going to um, be in the, he was going to be in the team today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true, true. Maybe, maybe for lack of better options, but you know, he just could be, it, it all comes down to whether, whether they want to stick with a, a Hoybier skip, you know, pairing in the midfield is really what it comes down to and how that fits into, it's, into Conte's it's looking, approach. Yeah. It's looking like he wants to do it right now. Like that's what he wants to do. And maybe, like I said, because of a lack of a better option, but also it could be, you know, it, it could be any number of things. Maybe he's trying to develop a system that works with those, with those two players that are ultimately kind of similar, but, you know, have, have different strengths within their skill sets. Yeah. And, and what, once we get to the front, like, I just feel like, we, there's a lot of a lot of young wingers running around up there. Of course, I think I think Sun stays. I think Kane is an interesting question. Like if I were in charge of Spurs, I would have gotten rid of him over the summer, but I'm not. And at this point in time, like you kind of have to play that out and see to what level he's a magnet for attracting talent, as opposed to a, a magnet flip the other way that repels talent. You know, it's just it's just a matter of which which direction Harry Kane's magnet is facing. 
Uh, I think Bergwijn deserves to just move on somewhere else. Um, I think Lucas, if we're not going to play him as a super sub coming on in like the 70th minute to disrupt things and be a chaos merchant, I, I worry about him continuing to to start and occupy space and and kind of you know pull the ball away from Kane. So I think there's a lot of guys that that need to go sooner rather than later. Steve, pick apart what Mike and I just said. No, I think for the most part, you guys are spot on. Um, and and you're absolutely right. The the Skip Hoybeard midfield is more than likely just a relic of what we have available. We don't have, and this is something that, you know, every time we play and the team sheets come out, regardless of who's selected, you see it on Reddit, you see it on Twitter, on Facebook, all over social why don't we have a more creative player in the midfield? Well, we don't fucking have a more creative player. End of story, right? Like you've got Ndombele who has moments where he could be a brilliant creative player. And then he's got moments where he's just doing fuck all on the field and is not really helping our cause. You know, Lacelso is always injured. Without those two players who I agree should probably be moved on at this point, you're left with, Boybjerg and Skip, and that's not a midfield pairing that is looking to be creative through the middle. That is a midfield pairing that is looking to get the ball quickly out wide to your wingbacks and to your your wingers and have them do all of the creating, have them get the crosses in, have them cut inside and try to feed in Kane. Um, And, you know, on on Hoybjerg's goal last weekend, that's almost exactly what happened. The, The ball was out wide. You know, Hoyer just happened to be in the midfield space to, to you know, slot it home. Um, he's not the creative guy. He's not going to, you know, come up with the trick plays. He's just going to be that guy who who is in the right place at the right time when he needs to be. And outside of that, get it out wide. That's, that's what our game plan is right now. So for me, unless we stumble upon a creative midfielder, we're probably going to stick with a with a skip Hoybier, which is which is fine, but we need to work on our our wing players. Lucas can't really produce consistent goals. Son has honestly been a little out of the goals uh, recently. He goals. hasn't looked the Any goals. <laughs> Yeah. So you know, it, it it brings us back to the same problem that that Spurs tend to have when you've got one player producing it's easy to lock that player down and you don't really have to worry about what are they going to do? You know, you get two guys on, on somebody like Kane and he's not a danger anymore. Um, so yeah, I think, I think if we can get somebody on the right wing to consistently produce, uh, you know, Royale's great. He's, he's building his confidence. He's doing some good stuff. I think Reggion, I said it last week, I think he's going to be a world beater under Conte once uh, he's got that stuff figured out and gets that fitness all the way up to uh, to 11. He's just going to be bombing down and, and contributing a lot in uh, in goals and assists. And uh, that's just going to be super yeah, he helpful. Just, he needs to get a little more consistent in his game. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he has he has these games that are just like you say, like he looks like a world beater. He looks like one of the top one of the top uh players in the world at his position and then there are other games it's like have you forgotten how to play you know i mean and it's and it's really strange to me it's that's that's why like soccer is kind of is kind of cool that way you know i mean you have a basketball player you're gonna have an off night you know but he comes back the next night and scores 23 points you know um 
and then he'll score 23 points, you know, five games in a row. You know, soccer players that are inconsistent get dropped from teams more often than not. You know, um, you see, you see these, even in the NFL, you see these teams with these wide receivers who are consistently targeted for targeted for uh, for receptions, and they consistently drop the ball. They consistently, you know, um, run their patterns wrong or, or or are out of sync with their quarterback, and they still keep getting put in there. But and uh, I just I think that in soccer. Um, fandom and coaches and um, we're all so fickle, you know? And, you know what, Mike? You also, though, that connects to something we said before, which is the way substitutions work in, in basketball and American football compared to soccer, right? Like you can, that guy who is in a, on a cold streak, you can keep putting him in so that he can get his, get his rhythm back. But in soccer, man, you, you you, you're going at least a half before you're contemplating that. Right. And you can. Kill oh yeah. And, and you can't really, it's not like football where you can just pull a guy off to the side for a couple of plays and say, Hey, this is what you're doing. I've seen what you're doing. This is what you can do to correct it. You can do that in basketball. You can do that in baseball. You have a whole inning where you can do that with the player, you know, um, soccer, you can't really do that. You kind of have to pull, pull them off to the side during a break in action, maybe, you know, and say, Hey, this is the deal. And usually it's only when you're on the coach's side, right? So you're on, you're on the right side of the pitch. You're, you, you can get a talking to, or you, you're right. going to be relaying some shit to, to the dude on the other side of the field. A uh, perfect example of what I was talking about is Odell Beckham. You know, he had a couple of years where he was fantastic and he keeps getting play because of those couple of years. He just had a beautiful touchdown catch. <laughs> That's why you brought him up. All right. Wonder wonder where Odell came from. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> he, he just had that touchdown catch. We we're talking about it. That's why I was like, oh, hey, here's something. <laughs> There's a guy. Speaking of something, what do you guys say? We take a little break and uh move on to one of our favorite segments of the program. Sound okay? Which could that be? No, you know, Dave, no. <laughs> I'm really curious, Steve, as to what Mike's drinking. So it's time for, hey, Mike, what you drinking? And Mike, you know, the way to start that out is to ask the question. Hey, Mike, what you drinking? It's getting, it's getting, to, sound, it's getting to sound more and more like a game show. <laughs> that is the objective. And now, absolutely. <laughs> and now, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Um, Do I get to be like the Vanna White, like presenting? Presenting Mike's choice. Can you walk? Can you walk in high heels and turn some letters? I'm picturing the Jason Sudeikis, like, "What's up with that?" You know, on SNL, like doing the <laughs> doing the, the running man in the background. Mike, I want to see you dressed up like that for for the next segment of Hey Mike, what you drinking? That that would be great. I I I, I actually have uh, I have wanted a tracksuit for a long time because you know, even though I uh, I am Irish, I do have. Uh, the look about me of a of an eastern european you know the look about me <laughs> my my check roots my check roots really uh really really come through in my facial features so um tonight i am drinking um a beer from uh right here in vermont um uh, from upper pass brewing company um it is a pale ale it's 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 called a pale ale. Um, 
It's called Cashmere Hoodie, which is a uh, uh, perfect for this time of uh, for this time of year where it's getting kind of chilly out and uh, and you won't let your wife and kids turn up the uh, thermostat (laughs) (laughs) because because fuel is so damn expensive heating fuel Um, I'm a big fan of upper passes beers Um, so basically oh this is pretty this is a pretty interesting thing they have uh they have gypsy brewed this so um upper pass has gypsy brewed this at von trap brewing which is uh the famous the famous family uh from the sound of music the von traps um, are we are we allowed to say gypsy i'm not sure on that one is that are we allowed to say that that's that's a that's a term um well, I know it's a term. It's a term. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's a term in the in the brewing community. <laughs> All right, keep, keep going. I want to. I want to hear where you go with this. Go ahead. So it's a term in the brewing community that they use for when when um, a, one brewery uses another larger brewery to to brew their beer because they don't have the capacity to do it. So they they kind of migrate. Okay, it, it's migrant brewing. There we go. They migrate. <laughs> they, I, I don't know, man. I feel like there's some landmines there that we we may be stepping in. Yeah. So tell us about tell us about this particular beer, Mike. Let's hear it. Um, so it's a pale ale. Um, it is 36 IBUs. So uh, IBUs are uh, are a standard of bitterness uh, that they that they use to uh, kind of describe. Uh, the, the bitterness of the hops in, in, in the beer and the higher the number, obviously the hoppier it is. Um, it's 5.3% alcohol. So it's not going to, it's not going to ruin your night, you know? <laughs> so let's get into this. This is a fun one. It was in my beer fridge all weekend. So it's uh which is outdoors. So I pulled that out and immediately I was like, Oh no, I think it's going to have ice in it, but it does not. All right. Cold, huh? Boy, you know, I, I lots of times will pull my beers inside when it gets to be, you know, below zero. Oh, we haven't hit that yet. Just the no, teens. No, we haven't, but it, it, it certainly feels like it when it was 50 degrees one day last week, you know? Very true. Very true. Okay, so it's pouring, uh, it's pouring a little cloudy, a little light, like... Uh, like you would expect a, a Vermont style IPA or pale ale. Um, it's got a nice little foamy head. It looks like it's kind of fizzy. Oh, it smells wonderful. It smells of grapefruit and lemons. I don't know. Yeah, grapefruit and lemons, that's what we're gonna say. Let's give it a taste. Oh man! So when I turn over the letter, this is uh, this is actually <laughs> this is actually really good beer. It's got like this. Uh, it's got a little bitterness, little bite at the end, but it doesn't like blow your face off. You can tell the hops are there for sure, but um, it's not. Wow, it's it's very drinkable. Um, it's really kind of super smooth, but it has a little bite at the back. I can imagine it's like a good sipping whiskey, you know, 
I can I could sit back and just sip on this beer if it you know if it could stay cold. I I would I would I would really be interested to see what this beer you know turns out like as it gets warmer because some beers as we know are made to be you know drank at different temperatures. Um, this I always 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 drink my drink my beers around like you know. 34 degrees i like them really cold like really cold this is this is really good though i uh i could enjoy a bunch of these i can tell you that um this is a and it's got a pretty cool label it looks like a kind of a bunch of hipsters hanging around with some <laughs> with their with their cashmere hoodies on uh, um I really like this beer. I'm going to hit this beer with a 3.8. We'll, we'll give it a 3.8. Um, some of their other beers are easily 4.0 beers or higher. This is, this is absolutely great. It's for a pale ale. Um, it's not going to, it's not going to blow your face off like an IPA or double IPA. But uh, speaking of double IPAs, David, I see uh, you got something on board there. Enjoying, that? Uh, enjoying my second fiddle by Fiddlehead. Well, that's, I have been enjoying it. It's almost gone. Got to figure out what to do next. That's one of my favorites. That's you certainly got, one of my favorites. Um, you got my attention with your sipping whiskey talk. You, you got my wheels turning <laughs> in terms of what I'm going to do next. I may step um, away for, for a few moments. I got a funny story about that second fiddle. Uh, if you'll indulge me for one more minute. Um probably three more minutes, but uh, I went to a, uh, they had like a sap brew festival at, at Fiddlehead one year. And it was the first year they did it. They uh, take the last run of the sap um, and they use that in place of the water in their beer. So they had to get a, like a shitload of sap to brew this beer. Cause they, it's, it's uh, maple sap is typically anywhere from 96 to 99% water. And the rest is, is the sugar that gets boiled out. Um, so they made this beer, but, um, at this, at this sap beer festival, we were like, they're letting people just kind of roam around the brewery. And my buddy and I were standing there just kind of watching this five gallon pail and there's a big tube into the going into the five gallon pail and this pail is just bubbling away. And, um, it's, it's the same thing that happens when you homebrew, you know, you get the fermentation, you get the bubbling and this, the, the CO2 is coming out into the big bucket of water. And um, I'm just kind of marveling at this because it's like, it's just like foamy. It's blowing up so much. And uh, out of nowhere, the owner of Fiddlehead comes up behind me and says, that's a double IPA. <laughs> and they had just opened they, were, they had been open for like a year and they had just like their kind of their one beer. And uh, he, and he's a, he's a little dude, little slight dude. He looks, he has kind of like uh, the body type of Steve, he's just kind of smaller dude, kind of. And uh, I, I think I would call him squirrely. Squirrely is <laughs> the word I was going to use. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, are you going to let Mike punk you like that? Is, is that okay? It's not, it's not punking. It's, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's a term of endearment. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So uh I, it was the it was the very first double IPA they ever did, and he said, "I think I'm going to call it Second Fiddle." And I said, "Oh, interesting." And then, like, when he was telling us that, like, it had been fermenting for for seven days, 
And he said it was supposed to, it was supposed to be done like three days ago. And at the time, I mean, you know, I mean, a few weeks later, then second fiddle came out and it, it really blew up that brewery, man. Second fiddle is, um, it's not their flagship, but it is a fantastic beer. And it's, and it's one of my favorites. And whenever I see people drinking it, I'm like, Oh man, you know, I wish I had some of that. And I just (laughs) never, ever think about it. You were, you oh, were what's there the, what's the it say on the bottom of your can, by the way? On the bottom of the can? There's always a neat little saying. It says, MK Knight. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. 10, 19, 21. So that, that's, uh, that's all I got. Interesting. Yeah. What's it supposed to say? I, I don't know. There's always a neat Come little on, saying on it. Yeah. Yeah. If it said Koi's, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of that, you guys, you guys know, I ordered the, uh, I ordered the ugly, um, the ugly Koi's Christmas sweater from the Spurs website. It, it arrived very quickly. Mike, this won't surprise you. Like I'm us sizes. I wear XL in some things, two X in other things. If I want it to be comfortable, right. If I order a, if I order a kit, I always order a two XL in, um, in Nike, but if it's Adidas, cause those run a little bit big, I, I, Order XL. So now you guys know for Christmas time, just so that you're aware I can find that away. <laughs> so, you know, when you're ordering from Spurs shop, like it's, 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 it's all different sizing. So just to be cautious, I ordered uh three X in the, in the Koi's Christmas sweater, man, I'll tell you that thing just barely fits. It, it is a, uh, I'm clearly, um, I don't know what that makes our English listeners think of me, but um, yeah, I'm rocking a solid three X in the, in the Koi's Christmas sweater. But the good news is my oldest son who, doesn't care to understand spurs at all he did say dad i understand uh spurs but what does c-o-y-s mean so then got to have a little bit of a a teaching session with with the 20 year old so very enjoyable very very redeemable (laughs) i well i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you you got got to experience what it feels like when a shirt doesn't fit you i'm telling you man Put that on. It's like sausage casing going on. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. <laughs> ugly, ugly sweaters. Ugly sweaters are supposed to fit like that anyway. I've got one that's got Snoopy on it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Christmas sweater. It's Snoopy. And he's all wrapped up. Uh, or uh, Woodstock is all wrapped up on in the Christmas lights, sitting on the doghouse. It's great. But it does. It does fit me like that. And it's. And it's also a three X. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You know, before before we get too far away from the alcohol talk, just one last shout out for me. Uh, Wild Heart Distillery. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. No. Uh, it's, you know, they've been at the farmer's market up here uh, a few times while it was going on. And uh, one day this summer, I bought this, uh, this vodka. It's called Burning Embers. And unlike most vodka, it's red. It's like a deep, deep red. Um and yeah, I've just had it in my cabinet for a while. Well, this for Thanksgiving, I I broke some out. Man, that stuff is so damn good. It's 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 a vodka, but it tastes like a mulled wine. I it's just it's got the spices. It's I mean, ooh, I big shout out to those guys. Like that is probably one of the tastiest straight liquors I've ever had. Um, hey, Steve, I just looked up the website. The the they've got on their main page chai spiced rum like that sounds intriguing. I gotta say it's in Shelburne. It looks like yeah, they've yeah. got a lot of hashtagging to do tonight, and uh, 
Absolutely no way. <laughs> no way I can keep track of all this. I'll do my best though. All right. Hey, let's let's get back to it. Where are we going with Spurs? What's what's next on our agenda? We don't have an agenda, so what's next to, to talk about? Mike, where do you want to go? Um let's go with um I want to hear your favorite um your favorite youth player right now that we aren't seeing yet. Steve-O? That is a damn good question. Um, and, you know, I got to think back to... I mean, uh, if you guys... I I don't know if you guys actually pay attention to the youth squads or the women's squad, but uh, both are playing very well right now. The, the PL2 team is playing very well. Uh, the women's squad is just fucking destroying people. You know, I was a big fan in the preseason of uh, Lavinia. Lavinia? Lavinia? Um, yeah, Marcel Lavinier, right? Yeah, he, you know, I don't know how he's been performing this season so far, but I remember looking at him like, you know, this guy's got some talent. This guy, I could see him coming up and, and doing some big things. Um, yeah, you know, he's not as flashy as like a, as like a white or um, a tete or even parrot, I guess. Um, but no, I just, I remember back to, to the preseason thinking like this guy he is going to grow into into a good player if he keeps like a, a nice solid work rate if he if he pushes himself he's he's talented um and you know i, I remember he made a mistake or something and i feel like hoybjerk must have talked to him or something um you know kind of lifted him up a bit and i remember him getting back at it you know he didn't drop his head and sulk around the field like some senior players i could mention um so I was really impressed with him. I know a lot of people are, are high on uh, Marcande. Um, I am. I'm particularly high on Marcande. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, he could be good too. I'd love to see him get a run out as you know in the first team, or at least make the bench for a game or two. Um, but yeah, Lavinia, I think is probably my favorite right now. I think I'd like. You know, this this sounds like blast from the past. I want to see what Troy Parrott looks like after this season with being away on a successful loan after, after several unsuccessful loans. And then I, we spent 10 million bucks on Jack Clark a couple of years ago. And I'm not saying that I think he's a, he's a stud necessarily, but we spent 10 million bucks on Jack Clark. And I don't know if we've uh, diminished that value based on the experience he's had on loan and then back in the club or whether we're slowly building that value. So I'm not going to call him a favorite, but he's someone I want to see us, do something with whether that means letting him get some some actual quality minutes on the pitch to see what he can do or um sell him you know get him dished off somewhere else and and just let him move on with his career like that, that's a guy i'd like to see us make a move with one way or the other what about you mike we know about mark Hande. who who else is on your radar um let's see uh lavinier was was always was always kind of there i'm i'm um i'm particularly um, interested in in seeing what happens with with uh, our, our boy Dane Scarlett. I mean, he's not necessarily falling by the wayside. Um, I I think we we need to start looking at this these guys that are going to be the next big Spurs uh, players. You know, um, our big our next big stars. Um, so, you know, you don't. It's all. It's not always. Um, it's not always the sexy thing to to go after um, 
a guy who's, you know, a, a defensive player. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, that's why we're always looking. That's why I'm always looking at a guy like Mark Hande and, and, and a guy like um, and a guy like Dane Scarlett. Um, but the, the, the youth team has um, um, a bunch of, a bunch of uh, really good defensive players, too. Um, God, now I'm having trouble. <laughs> now I'm having trouble thinking. Um, so the the U18s, the U23s. So um, um, let's see. We have the Craig brothers uh, out there. Um, who else are uh, Nile John? Nile John is still out there. He's he's an interesting player. Um, how old? I mean, I don't even know how old he is right now. He's he's probably what? He's probably seventeen years old, eighteen years old. Um, Nile John's always exciting to watch. Um, eighteen. He's gotten yeah. a first team run out. Um, but how about the how about the goalkeepers? Um, you know, I mean, Brandon Austin. You know, I mean, these guys, I think these guys, I don't see there's there's no reason why we can't bring up some of our youth goalkeepers. We know that Golini is not going to be the guy going forward. So I think we need to get a, a, a couple of uh, a couple of our, our youth goalkeepers out there too. Um, give them give them a couple of uh, a couple of runouts. Um, who else is a. Uh, there's Mark Handy and uh, Maxim Paskowski, um, the the young kid from uh, what is he? He's Estonian or something, right? Um, yeah, Pes- looks Pes- he Pes- looks Pes- like yeah. he's gotten a couple. He's gotten a run out there. He's a guy who can fit into a first team. But I think you, you look at guys like um, Mark Handy, Mark Handy and Dane Skeller, both badly, badly, badly need um, need some sort of of move in january they need a loan somewhere in january Marcande would probably be great in like a like a league a league one you know or a championship side um he's been just destroying pl2 um he's gotten he's gotten player of the month like three or four times now you know he's his his scoring numbers are are, are outrageous um but I mean, outside of Mark Hande, I, I want to see what happens with Dane Scarlett because he's so so young and he's so so talented. He just needs to get some sort of, you know, some sort of play outside of outside of Spurs in a league that's competitive for him and will help develop his skills. Now the the problem comes with finding a club that's willing to do that in in January. You know, at this point. I think Mark Hande needs a needs a run away from Spurs in January, and I know that there have been like a few teams who have been sniffing around him. Here's my question for you: If you look at our typical starting eleven right now in a in a Premier League match, we have Oliver Skip and Harry Kane, who both came through the academy, and that's somewhat rare to have two guys in your starting eleven that came through the academy. So even though we look at these guys the the odds are that maybe maybe one kid makes it 
makes it into the starting 11, you know, with, with the Spurs club. My question is, who do you think that is down the road out of, out of the, the kids that are currently on the under 23s, for example, it's Mark Hande, it? for me, it's, it's Mark Hande, a hundred percent. I know there's some, there's some worry that he's not going to sign, not going to sign his contract. I think his contract is up at the end of this year and next year, but um you know, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any reason for him to leave. Um, there are a number of there are a number of kids in the youth in the youth squad that are that are actual like Tottenham kids, like grew up with Tottenham as their as their club. You know, there's a lot of Coys kids in this in this uh, in the in this in this club. So, you know, I think I think when you have a lot of these good young players that sign with us. Um, you know, I, I, I think that they want to play for their club, right? It's like, it's like a kid, it's like a kid who comes from, you know, comes from, comes out of Boston, right? And he goes into the draft and, you know, he ends up playing in fucking Oakland for the first three years of his, of his development and then gets to come play for Boston, you know, you know, in his fifth or sixth year in the league. And, you know, he's, he's a Red Sox and he's playing for his club, you know, he's playing for his team that he grew up loving. I mean, it's, it's kind of like that, except you have these kids that actually grew up like in Tottenham, they're playing for Tottenham at a young, young, young age, at a very developmental age. It's not like they came in at a, you know, coming out of college and were drafted to the team. They've been playing. You have kids who have been playing there for years and years, like a Dan Scarlett, like a Harry Winks, you know, like a Harry Kane. These guys all came up. Uh, I, I I feel for Troy Parrott. I really do. I I really think that he's super talented, and I and I think he fits into this club. It's just we have to we have to get him back from his loan, and I and I think maybe he's he's known. Uh, I. I had heard at one point that he's like a big, big party boy, you know, and that might be keeping him from, from joining the first team squad too. I mean, I don't know if that's, that's probably rumor, but I know he likes to mix it up and get out there and party kind of like uh, Deli Alley did for a while. Right. When he became a rock star, uh, like Kyle Walker did, you know, when he was, when he became a rock star, you know, it's just, it's just how you manage it. You know, you just gotta, you, you're a professional. You have to be a professional. And and I think a lot of these young kids don't, don't realize and don't know how to be professionals yet. They just want to be, they want to be superstars, right? And they want to be, they want to be the guy that everybody recognizes when they go out to the club at night. At the club. Absolutely. You can't, you can't tell me, Dave, that you didn't want to be the guy at the club where you walked up to the front door and they were like, oh, hey, Dave, how's it going? They let you right in, right? Yeah, I had that experience, but they were those were dive bars, so I don't know if that counts <laughs> quite quite as much as being the guy. The <laughs> Dave, Dave only goes to shot in a beer type places. <laughs> Back in the day, absolutely. Hey, let's, uh, let's look ahead. Um, this week coming up, we got two home matches in a row, Thursday, Brentford, and the weekend on Sunday, uh, Norwich. Steve, what, do, what are you thinking as you look ahead to, to those two? I'm thinking that having a little bit of extra rest ahead of Brentford, and by rest, of course, I mean Conte whipping everybody into shape. Um, 
is going to make for a very exciting game. I like Brentford a lot. I think they're, they've got a great squad. I think they've got a great uh, manager. Um, you know, they're, they're, I, I, I kind of think that they're in that spot where they probably won't get relegated, um, but they're not going to be competing for, you know, one of our spaces. So it, it's, you know, one of those nice mid to low mid table teams that, you know, is going to give us a nice challenge and, um, hopefully expose some more of, of Conte's training on the field. Uh, let us see a bit of that. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out. They're also a, a little fearless at times too. You know, they're not going to worry about playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Tottenham Hotspur, Antonio Conte and Harry Kane. Like the, they'll attack when they need to attack. They'll defend when they need to defend. You know, they're not going to cower away from the squad. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that Thursday game. Norwich is just they're garbage. I, you know, if if they manage to avoid relegation, it would be an absolute miracle. Um, they're not well managed. You know, they they just don't have a squad that can compete at this level. Uh, I I don't see that as being a big issue. So of course they're probably going to beat Spurs and get their first win of the season. Um, you know, just because I said that because you know it's Spurs, but. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's going to be one of those scrappy matches where Spurs maybe win by a goal and we all feel like it should have been more, but we're still kind of relieved that it wasn't a loss or a draw. I, um, I, I hate your fucking predictions because it, it's so stupid how they come true. It drives me fucking crazy, Steve. I I, I really wish sometimes he wouldn't do this. <laughs> he first he called you scrawny or squirrely or whatever squirrely. it was squirrely it was now squirrely. he now he hates your predictions man he, mike is coming for you tonight steve but on the plus side brentford should be a fun watch you know there'll be a lot of back and forth there um and you know i i think both of these games will inevitably win uh i think brentford's going to be the more fun one to watch uh for sure but you know they're they're a disciplined team you know it's not going to be easy by by any stretch of the imagination um you know they they stole three points today at everton um or everton just blew their chance at taking anything anyway they beat everton um and honestly fuck everton right now so i was rooting for brentford there you know i i used to like everton a lot you know i had a roommate who's a big everton fan but ever since their fan base decided that Sun was like the Antichrist, I just can't stand them anymore. Like they're they're the worst of the worst uh, in terms of toxic fans, and that's saying something considering Liverpool also exists in the same town. Uh, so yeah, no, Brentford is is going to be a challenge, um, but it'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a, a bus parking or you know anything of that nature. Um, and then Norwich is the one where I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like that's the opportunity for Spurs to just absolutely thrash a team. And of course, every time we have that opportunity, we blow it and it ends up being an absolute dull piece of crap game that all of us are going to be pissed off that, you know, if we win, we'll still be pissed off. If we lose, we'll definitely be pissed off. Um, it should make for a fun recording at the very least next week. That's for sure. <laughs> Mike, how about you? How do you, how do you see these next two? I see them as wins. Um, I just just straight out of the box. Um, 
I think that Brentford's the, the wide open nature of their play. Um, the fact that they're not going to park the bus on us. I, I, I think that uh, plays right into, into Conte's hands. Um, he, he likes those open spaces. He likes to get the ball back to his, to his defenders and then um, to, to open up the play and, 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 play a little bit through midfield to get to his, to his wing backs. And I think just the open play and the way that, that Brentford constantly attacks, I think um, is going to play right into our hands. Um, that said, Tom, Thomas Frank is, is, he's not a, he's not a dummy. I mean, he's going to have a game plan, but he has to use the, use the talent that he has on his club right now. And yeah, you know, they were a good championship club last year. And they're, yeah, they're they're a lower decent, you know, Premier League club. Um, given the given the chance that they stay up here, they're gonna they're probably gonna have, you know, they're they're probably gonna sign a couple of decent players next year, and they're gonna start to build their squad. And I think with a coach, the 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 quality of of Frank, um, I I think that or Willem Dafoe, I should say. Um, I I, th- I think he's a quality coach, and I think he can do a lot with a lot of players. I mean, he has Ivan Tony, who's who's a, a great a great guy to, to to build off of. So, I mean, I, I but I think that I think Spurs win that one two one. Um, Norwich is a little bit different. Um, they are complete fucking garbage. They're a train wreck of a team. I don't even know what to make of them. They're so 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 bad that like Steve said, they could pull off some crazy bullshit. Uh, everybody knows that Timo Pukki loves to play against Spurs and he loves to score against Spurs and he scores stupid goals against us for no fucking reason. Uh, that said, you know, I, Christian Romero is going to be back for that game. I, I, I'm hoping he'll be back for that game. Um, maybe not, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, his scan, he's got a scan coming up in a couple of days, right? So <clears throat> I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be back for that game. And I, I think there's not going to be any fucking around though. So they do have um, outside of Pookie, they do have another guy who, who is a striker um, for the national team uh, for the U S men's national team, a Josh Sargent um, who has just started to get some, to get some starting runs out there uh, with the, with the, the starting 11. So, um, and he had a decent game the other day too. Um, but it, it's kind of hard when you have, you know, Timu Puki, who's 135 years old and, uh, and Max Aarons. And those are your only players on your team who are any fucking good at all. And, and Max Aarons, I think is a super talented guy. And I think is a guy that we should have gone after to grab a few years back, but didn't, um, I, I think his talents are diminished by by the squad and by the club he plays for. Someone else always seems like he shows up for Norwich is uh, Todd Cantwell. If I, I don't was know just if he's thinking him, he always oh, shows Cantwell up too, against yeah. Spurs. He's he always like has games, so I, we got to keep an eye on that guy too. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Last week we, you wrapped us up and you uh, you said I love Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, and we. We even named the episode after your telenovela comment. Um, do you still, after the Mura midweek 
And after no match today, do you still love Tottenham Hotspur Football Club? Did, I mean, did I love Tottenham Hotspur after, you know, Pochettino decided to not play Lucas in the Champions League final? Mm. Did I like them after, did I love them after we had a shit run of games and lost to fucking Burnley and Pochettino got fired? Did I love them when we hired Jose Mourinho and we knew what was going to fucking happen? I, I, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I still love this club. And, and this is the reason that I love this club. Like I said last week, there's never any, any time where this club is not interesting to me. We lost to fucking Zagreb last year, right? We thought and that was the bottom of the barrel, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. And we lost to Ennis, Ennis Mura, who is arguably the lead, the worst team in the entire fucking conference league tournament, which is, you know, I mean, they're, they're Slovenian farmers, you know, it's the Slovenian farmer league. They're, they're the worst. They're legitimately rated the worst team in the tournament. And we lost to them. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that at Burnley, when they canceled the game that, Antonio went, okay, um, Delhi and Dombele and Davinson. Um, you guys uh, hang back. The rest of the club can get on the bus or the, or the plane. Um, and then I'm hoping that he went over to the Burnley coach and said, listen, uh, you can send your guys home for the day. These guys are going to shovel off the field. <laughs> Went all high school on him, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that my coach would have fucking done that to us. My mine would if, have if I was well. lazy. I, I was arguably not lazy in football. <laughs> Mike, you know what I like about your uh, I still love Tottenham Hotspur is like there are times where you may not like something, but you still love it. And I think that's the case when those all those bad moments you talked about still happen. Um, get, don't like get, what happened, but still love it. Yeah, yeah. We get we get pissy, we get angry, you know. I mean. Of course we get angry. We we want our team to win. We know that our team is quality. We know that Tottenham is quality and we want them to be the big club that that they're trying to be, right? But you know, you have trip-ups and you have slip-ups right now. And uh and I, and I think that it's a, that it's a good thing that that happened. Um you know, I mean in, in, in retrospect, I mean, you can kind of look at it and say, you know, the loss to Man U got us, got us our coach, right? Mm-hmm. Got us our, the, the coach of, of a lifetime. Well, guess what? The loss to Murrow is going to get us the squad that we deserve. And I think, Very well I, put. I think that loss is, is a perfect, is a perfect way to, to remove kind of the dead weight from the, from the club. It's a way it's a, it showed us, it showed us as fans. And, and I think that it showed management. Th- these are the people that need to fucking go and they need to fucking go now. And, and like I said, we can get pissed off. We get angry in a couple of days, you know, who knows next Sunday, we might be talking about six points and you know, we're happy. You know, it's, it's such a roller coaster ride, you know, and, and it's, and it's not like baseball because baseball, you have three games against the club and, and you're the object is win at least two of two or three, right. You know, in, in that given week and that given series, but soccer, you only play in this team, these teams twice. 
And, and like I said before, you have to beat those lower tier teams. You have to beat the mid tier teams or at least draw with them. And then you have to hope that you can play well against the upper tier teams. And that's how you win championships. That's, you know, you don't have to go out and beat fucking Man City and Man U and, and Chelsea. You don't have to beat them every single time. You just have to play well against the lower and mid-tier teams. That's all you have to do. There are so many teams. Very, very true, Mike. Very true. Hey, guys, I think it's time for us to start thinking about closing comments and our closing remarks. And I want to get us started, if that's okay. You know, I was just thinking as Mike was talking, about the the run to the Champions League final in 2019, and you know we weren't podcasting at the time, but of course we were all listening to a bunch of bunch of podcasts at that at that point in time. And I remember, you know, as in that window pre the Liverpool match, and and definitely not post, but in the pre, a lot of Spurs podcasts talking about um, we are a massive club, and that was the language used, right? We are a massive club right now look at what we're doing and and it's funny because in my gut at the time i felt it but i certainly feel it now not true at all like we had aspirations to be a massive club but we were a club that was just punching way above our weight had some really fortuitous bounces during during the course of that tournament um and things really just kind of worked out well and in the end let's be honest it turned out the way that it was going to turn out and we were not a massive club but we had aspirations to be one one thing i saw conte say this week he made some comments to the effect of one of the reasons he took the job is he saw the quality and the excellence off the pitch, you know, just thinking about the business side of, of the, the squad, I'm sorry, the business side of the club, the facilities, the stadium, you know, all the revenue generating things that Levy has put in place. And this is not a Levy praise session. I'm not going there, but all the things that are in place from a business standpoint. And Conte said, if I can equal that on the pitch and fill that gap or close that void, we're going to be something really big and something really special. And that kind of excites me because we're no more or less massive right now than we were in 2019 on our way to the Champions League. We were just lucky in 2019. I actually see a window right now where We've got a coach and it seems like we have the conditions lining up to start to build the squad to match the aspirations of the actual club. And that piece excites me. I'm looking forward to seeing the hatchet job. I'm looking forward to seeing what bait gets cut loose. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the squad gets remolded and, and we'll see how long Conte stays, but I think we're going to see some progress in that span of time. So I maintain a, a love like Mike does for, Tottenham Hotspur, but I also maintain my optimism. I Even after a crappy week, I'm excited about what lies ahead and haven't been able to say that a whole lot in the past year and a half or so. So, Steve, let's go on to you. What are your, your closing thoughts? Uh, I'm just going to end with a uh, con- another contact quote from this past week. He says, this time I would like to enjoy this construction phase that awaits me. I start from behind, but I have the experience and maturity to face this difficult challenge. And yes, winning will be more beautiful. And I think that's absolutely spot on. You know, we're in deep shit right now. You know, we've got to cut players out. We've got to spend a bunch of money to to build a strong competitive squad front to back and on the bench. Uh, It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's not going to happen this season, but man, when those wins start coming in, it's just going to feel so good. Um, and, you know, if you think back about, you know, Conte's last, 
a few stints at, at, you know, Juve and Inter and Chelsea, you know, they were not top of the table clubs, you know, Juve, uh, Juventus, they were what eighth when he joined them. Um, you know, Inter were, were fourth. He brought them to a win. You know, Chelsea was, you know, outside the top six. He brought them up to the top. Uh, Liverpool, you think about Liverpool and, and when they brought Klopp on board, they'd missed out on Champions League. They spent a, a, a season rebuilding and now look at where they are. Uh, Guardiola, when he came in for, for Man City, did not win it right away, but he got them to be serial winners and, and all the way up top. Conte is, is, in my mind, he's the guy that's going to get us there. You know, it's not going to happen this season. You know, it, I still think that he's got what it takes to get us into a European spot, whether that's top six, top four. Um, I, I think he does that. But the fruits of his labor are going to be way more prevalent next season when he's had January summer windows and the ability to work with his squad. Um well, I guess we, yeah, for, for the off season too, because the World Cup isn't until winter, so who cares, right? So he'll have all summer to work with these guys. He'll be able to get some more some more uh, players in that that fit his uh, that fit his game plan, and it's going to be so nice when we're sitting here and we're like, yep, we're definitely going to beat Brentford. We're definitely going to beat Norwich. We don't have to even have to worry about spursing it up. Um, and, and, you know, I'm here for that. And as long as Conte keeps doing and saying all the right things, you know, I, he's got 100% of my support. There that is. Mike, bring us home. Closing thoughts. Um, Antonio Conte uh, is an, he's an interesting fella, right? I mean, he's got, all, he's got all this folklore about him. He's got all this, um, you know, the, the whole, uh, I'd rather kill a player. Um, and we talk about that, but, you know, underneath that, he doesn't just, he's not, he's not Jose Mourinho who says, Hey, look what I've done. You know, respect me for that. And I'm the guy and I dress cool and I have, and I have cool and I have a cool car and I have a great social media presence, right? Conte's not that guy. So he, Conte comes in and says, Hey, this is, this is what I've done. And this is how I do it. And that's kind of what I like about this. Uh, you know, I mean, Jose didn't come in and have immediate success. I know, I know that he, had a situation where there were no fans in the crowd in the stands and it was hard, probably harder to coach, but at the same time, uh, you know, we had, we had the, the situation where they're playing, they're playing tech ball on the side and we're, we get all this social media stuff, you know, Antonio Conte is an interesting fellow because he comes in and says, look what I've done. This is how I do it. And doesn't just command respect from people because of what he's done. He shows them why these players need to respect him. And he gets out there. There, I saw, I saw uh, a, a Twitter post, or, and it might have been from Spurs, directly from Spurs, where he got right in on one of the drills. 
and and was playing with with the team and it wasn't and it looked it looked like he was just out there having fun and then goofing around but that those are the type of things you know i used to have a coach and and god bless him he was 60 something years old who would line up against us high school kids with no pads on <laughs> <laughs> and he'd knock you on your ass you yeah know? i have one of those too mike absolutely yeah 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 so i mean th- those are the guys that 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 command respect and this this is how they do it they they command respect by by getting respect and 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 earning that respect and they don't just come in and say hey i'm this guy this is what i did this is what i do and this is why i love conte and i mean it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting way to kind of um to kind of look at our club because we haven't seen that so we had we had a rebuilding kind of under potch and and Potch came in and and didn't have really a resume, right? And then Potch leaves, and we said, "Well, we're a huge fucking club. We got to get Mourinho. We got Mourinho in." And you know, I love to I love Steve's term "fuck all," right? He hasn't done fuck all in years, and we expect him to just come in and turn us around because he's Jose Mourinho. Um, it doesn't work like that, and Roma is going to find that out really quickly here. Um, I know they're sitting in fourth right now, but, you know, I, I think that Conte is the guy and, and he's, and he's going to root out all of the bad shit in this club, um, him and, and, and the way that Paratici kind of, kind of runs the business, the, the business side of things, as far as bringing in top quality players. I just wish that, in somewhere in soccer, they had a trade policy like they have in other sports where you can just to trade a guy midseason, you know, outside of a, a, a any kind of a window. I like the window. It's it's exciting and it makes everything kind of kind of cool and and fun, you know, every single day with the ITK shit. But in other sports, you have that. I could get traded at any minute for any reason. And I kind of like that. You know, I, I don't want to have to wait to get Deli Alley and, and Don Blay out of my club until January. But this is what this is the, the world we live in. And and I think that Conte sees it and he knows what he's gotten and the players that he's got. And um and I think that in the end we're gonna be great. But it's gonna take time, it's not gonna happen overnight. We have to understand that. And and this 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 club understands that. I think, I think Daniel Levy understands that he wouldn't have hired the guy if he, if he didn't know that he was going to have to spend some fucking money. And, and quite honestly, the, the Spurs Spurs are fine right now. The finances are fine. They just put out their financial statements. uh, What, like three or four days ago from, from last year, they're going to be fine. We have we have the money to do it, but we don't have to spend a billion dollars in January to do it. We're gonna we're gonna be fine. We'll both finish top six, top top five, top six. You know this this team will be turned around. We'll we'll get enough points to finish top five, top six, and get that goal differential down. But we're good. You heard it here first. There it is. <laughs> we're good. You know well, I funny. ramble. I rambled a lot on that one. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's funny. I was just thinking we've been going about uh, an hour 15 
we had like one crappy match to talk about for this pod. And th- that was a crappy European match that we lost to Slovenian farmers. And we still went an hour 15. Uh, I, what I think that points to is when we had uh, our friend Sam from Dr. Tottenham on a couple of weeks ago, like he talked about the therapy aspect of, of doing this. And I think there's something to that. You know, um, if we were sitting around a table at a pub right now, we'd certainly be hanging out that long talking, talking about the same stuff we've talked about. So be ordering well, another beer right now. Absolutely. Uh, a beer or three. Um, but with that, you know, what, guys, I, I appreciate I appreciate the time to just talk through this stuff. I appreciate the time to hang with you. I appreciate um, the folks that listen to us. Remember, we are on Twitter at Wicked Spursy. You can find us on Facebook and we will be back next week after hopefully two, two matches, six more points and a lot of good stories to talk about. So, gentlemen, appreciate you as always. Quiz, 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 quiz. <laughs> Fantastic. Later, Dave. Be safe.